Hello, you are listening to More to the Story, a podcast for those who enjoy diving deeper into the Bible. I am your host, James Jones. Thank you for joining me today. Looking forward to being able to spend some time with you today. Thank you for uh, jumping on here and, and listening and liking and subscribing, rating. It means a lot to me. We got a lot of cool things going on. I said it last week. Got some more interviews coming up. I'm going to be able to sit across the table from some really interesting people, men of God, and be able to have conversation and dialogue, and I am excited about it. I am really looking forward to being able to uh do those interviews for you guys, but thanks once again for being here, being a part of this podcast. It really is appreciative. Today, I would like to piggyback off of what we talked about last week on uh, salvation and whether or not works plays a part in that. Modern day Christianity would say that it doesn't, that believing in the Lord and and repeating a, a certain prayer is enough to grant you access into heaven. And and I would challenge that, and I think that the Bible challenges that. And so we're going to look into this today. Do I need to be baptized to be saved, or is it enough to just believe in Jesus? Let's see what the Scriptures say. Let's let them be our guide. Because remember, Paul writes in Romans 3, Let God be true and every man a liar. So it does not matter what man teaches. It matters what Jesus has taught, has said, has established. Because it's Jesus that saves you and not a preacher. Jesus is the one that has given us salvation. And if we are going to be saved, we must do it his way. And we must follow his word. And so we're going to start with him. Just like we did last week, we will start with the life of and the teaching of Jesus Christ. And something that I have always asked whenever I am going to be discussing this topic with somebody else that may not believe the same way as me, may have differing thoughts or ideas regarding salvation, I always ask, uh, was Jesus baptized? And obviously the clear answer is yes. It is documented in multiple of the Gospels, that yes, Jesus was baptized. He was baptized by John the Baptist. And if Christianity, if the main foundation of Christianity is being like Christ, is trying to live like Christ, to uh, be more like Jesus, don't you think that we should start where he started? So... It is interesting to me that Jesus never preached a sermon and Jesus never healed anybody until after he was baptized. He was baptized first and then he preached and then he prayed for people and healed people. But before he did any of that, he started with being baptized. And I think that if we are going to be like Christ, we too must start with being baptized. And so it's interesting how the uh, that encounter unfolds in the Gospels 
when John the Baptist is baptizing people in the River Jordan, people is coming to John the Baptist, and and he is preaching repentance, and everybody's repenting, and they are being baptized by John, and then Jesus walks in. He, he walks onto the scene, and immediately John recognizes who Jesus was, and he cries out, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. John yells that out, Behold the Lamb of God. He is saying, This is the Messiah. And all eyes are on Jesus. That entire crowd that was listening to John preach, all attention is now diverted to Jesus. All eyes are on him. This is the one that was just... uh, ousted as the Messiah. Who is this man that John the Baptist would call him the Lamb of God that's going to somehow take away our sins, the sins of the entire world, and all eyes are on him. What's he going to do? How's he going to respond? Who is this man? And Jesus walks straight to John the Baptist and says, I need you to baptize me. (laughs) In this moment, where all eyes are on Jesus. He could have preached the gospel. He could have, he had everybody's attention. He could have told them whatever he wanted to say, but he walked directly to John and said, I need you to baptize me. And of course, John responds, no, you need to baptize me. Who am I that that the Lamb of God would come and ask me to baptize? No, 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 you got this backwards, Jesus. I need to be baptized by you. And that's a reasonable response. But what Jesus says in response to this is amazing. It amazes me. Jesus says, no, I need you to baptize me because all righteousness cannot be fulfilled unless you do. Jesus said, if baptism does not happen, all righteousness is not fulfilled. He said, we need to fulfill all righteousness. And so I would say that Jesus is saying that baptism is an integral, important part of fulfilling the righteousness of God, fulfilling what God has made available for us. And so if we are not baptized, according to Jesus, all righteousness is not fulfilled. Let's move on. Jesus said in John 3, Uh, When he's talking to Nicodemus, Jesus tells Nicodemus that unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven or see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus is confused. Lord, I don't understand. How does that make sense? Do I enter another time into my mother's womb? What is this born again? And Jesus clarifies and says, unless a man is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter enter the kingdom of heaven, unless a man is born of water and of spirit. And so there's this two-part component that that makes up salvation. Jesus says you've got to be born of water and of spirit to come into the kingdom of heaven. And that's important because I want to go to heaven, and I'm sure that you do as well. And so we must be able to understand what Jesus is saying here. What does it mean to be born of water and of spirit? 
we're going to talk about the water first, and maybe on the next episode we'll talk about what it means to be born of the Spirit. But Jesus says you must be born of the water. And we believe and we preach that he is talking about baptism right there. And, and we're going to go into some more scriptures to, to justify that, to give evidence that that is what Jesus was saying. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit. And so Jesus doesn't stop there in regards to uh, baptism. He says in Mark 16 and 16, the red letters tell us that Jesus says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not shall be damned. The words of Jesus the says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But modern-day Christianity says, whoever believes is saved. And so there's this contradiction here. Jesus says it's belief and baptism, and now modern-day Christianity says it's only belief. And when it comes down to my salvation and eternity in heaven, I will most definitely choose the words of Jesus Christ over any kind of modern-day Christian doctrine that was made by man, that is not scripturally backed. And, and so Jesus thought that baptism was important. And it doesn't stop there. He says in Matthew 28, 19, and this scripture is widely referred to as the Great Commission, okay? Commission being basically the same thing as like a commandment, the Great Command, the Great Commission, it's to give somebody a mission. This is what your mission is. This is what you are to do. And he tells his disciples and everybody listening, he tells them to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus gives his parting commandment before he ascends up into heaven, He's already died on the cross. He's already been buried. He's already rose again. He is leaving them, and he gives his last words to the disciples. Jesus says, go, make disciples, and baptize them. That was the commandment. That's the great commission, to go, make disciples, and baptize them. And so I would conclude that we cannot make disciples without baptizing them. We cannot ourselves be a disciple until we are first baptized. Because Jesus said that if we are going to make disciples, we must baptize them. And that was his last words. That was his great commission. Jesus talks about baptism in other places, but let's move to the book of Acts. Because Acts is the story of the church. It's when the church was born. It's when God poured his spirit out, and, and they begin to preach the gospel that Jesus died for. And in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 38, I, I, we talked about it last week. It's, it's our banner for, for salvation because it's so clear. It's laid out perfectly. Uh, Peter does a great job preaching this sermon. He preaches this gospel and in Acts 2, a man in the crowd presents a question to Peter. Men and brethren, what must we do? 
So Peter's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's talking about everything that Jesus has done for them. He talks about how Jesus was was betrayed and crucified and killed, but he rose again. And 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 somebody stands up and says, "This is amazing. I want this. This is amazing. This is great. A gospel, a God that loves me, a God that died for me and made a way for me to be saved. I want this. I want to be saved, Peter. What must we do?" And Peter responds in in verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter says, be baptized, every one of you. It, it, It doesn't seem optional, not even a little bit to me. It, it, it's not even close. Peter said, every one of you, if, if you are serious about accepting the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and accepting the salvation that he has made possible, he said, every one of you need to be baptized. You need to repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't stop there in Acts 2. Uh, it happens in Acts 8. And in Acts chapter 9, they are baptized, water baptized in Acts 8, in Acts chapter 9. And this is something I want to stop and talk about right here in Acts chapter 10. Because there is a man named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. The Bible says he was part of an Italian band. He was a, a, a military leader. And he loved the Lord. Okay, The Bible says that he was a devout man. He was a just man in that he feared God. Cornelius believed in the Lord. In fact, he prayed often. He talked to God often. And the Bible tells us at the beginning of Acts 10 that an angel comes to Cornelius in a vision, a dream, and talks to him. And Cornelius talks back. This is a man that doesn't just believe in God, but he talks to God. He has dreams and visions of angels, and they, and they have conversation. This is a devout man that prays often. He definitely believes in God. And by modern-day Christianity standards, Cornelius would have been more saved than anybody else because he believed, he prayed, and he talked with angels, he talked with God. And in, in modern-day Christianity says that man is most definitely saved. But the angel comes to him and says, Cornelius, you're missing something. I've heard your prayers. I, you believe in me. You're a, you're a devout man, a just man, and, and I want you to be saved. And so the angel says, I'm going to send Peter to you. There's this man that, that is preaching my gospel, and I'm going to send him to you, and he's going to preach the truth, and you're going to follow what he says. And then the angel goes to Peter. And, and and tells him the same thing. You're going to go with these men. They came to bring you back to Cornelius. And so Peter goes to Cornelius. He preaches, and Cornelius and all of his household is baptized, water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And and then they're saved. They're, they're filled with his spirit. But Cornelius believed, and it wasn't enough. It was not enough. Remember, Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Oh, it confuses me when I see modern-day Christianity and, and, and these new doctrines that say it's belief only, believing in God, by faith alone, grace alone, uh, repeating a prayer, believing in the Lord, but that is not biblical. 
Jesus said you must believe and be baptized. Cornelius believed, and God came to him and said, It's not enough. I'm sending Peter so he can preach the gospel to you. Peter came, and they were all baptized in Jesus' name. And then at the end of Acts chapter 10, in verse 47 and 48, and I've, I've asked this question to people that I have had discussions with. We've talked about this before. Um, and I would ask somebody that if we were giving, given a commandment in the New Testament, I understand that a lot of the commandments in the Old Testament have been uh, made null and void due to the uh, shed blood of Jesus Christ and by his sacrifice, but if we were given a New Testament command, if in the New Testament we were commanded to do something, should we do that? I've always had the response given to me that, yes, if it's a New Testament command, we should do that. I've had ministers in those discussions about or debates about uh, salvation. It's, they say, yes, we must follow the commands in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 10, 47 and 48, this is what the Bible says. Uh, Peter speaking, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and then asked them to remain for some days. Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, word for word in the English Standard Version. If there is a New Testament command that says that we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, why would we say anything different? If Peter commanded in the New Testament to be baptized in Jesus' name, I must preach. I cannot preach anything else but be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I do, I am preaching something contrary and against the original disciples, the original apostles, and Jesus Christ himself. And I cannot call myself a Christian if I'm preaching something uh, that's against Christ's doctrine. It didn't stop in Acts chapter 10. Uh, it happened in Acts 16, they were all baptized. It happened in Acts 18, they were baptized. In Acts chapter 19, they were baptized. In Acts chapter 22, uh, speaking about Paul, uh, the Bible says, Arise and be baptized, washing, calling on the name of the Lord, washing away thy sins. The Bible says, Arise, be baptized, washing away your sins. If we want our sins to be washed away, it comes through baptism. That's not my opinion. That's not just what I believe. The Bible says, be baptized, washing away your sins. And then in Acts 2.38, we read it just a moment ago, and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Our sins are not remitted. Our sins are not washed away until we are baptized in his name. First um, Peter chapter 3, verse 21, one of my favorite verses in regards to baptism because um, it, it, it literally says this, in Acts, and not Acts, but First Peter chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Now after the like manner doth baptism also now save us. Baptism doth now also save us. Literally, word for word. Baptism now saves us. 
in the verse before that, he was talking about how Noah and his family was uh, saved by the water. They built the boat, and, and by the water they were saved. And then the next verse, he says, just like they were saved, Peter writes and says, baptism now saves us. First Peter 3 and 21, I believe. Um, I don't have my Bible right in front of me, but I'm almost certain that that is the verse that where it is found. And, and you can go and look. Please go and look for yourself. Let God be true and, and me a liar. If, if it says anything else other than what I'm saying, then let me be a liar and let God be true. But it literally says that baptism now saves us. Uh, that was Peter. Paul writes extensively about baptism in all of his letters, or the majority of his letters. Uh, he writes about baptism in Romans chapter 6. He writes about baptism in 1 Corinthians 1, in 1 Corinthians 6, in 1 Corinthians 10, in 1 Corinthians 12, in Galatians 3, in Ephesians 4, in Colossians 2 and 12, in Hebrews chapter 6. Paul preaches and teaches baptism in almost every single one of his letters. Baptism is important. Water baptism is vital, and I would say it is a necessary part of salvation. And I'll I'll say this. um, Baptism was not a new thought. God had been setting this thing up for hundreds of years. I would say thousands of years before Jesus was ever even born. God was setting this thing up. Let me explain. When Israel came out of Egypt, and this is just one example. I I have so many examples of the Old Testament foreshadowing what was going to happen in the New Testament. But let me give one example. The Israelites coming out of Egypt, they had been in slavery for 430 years, and now God is bringing them out. The Bible says they come out of Egypt. It symbolizes repentance, turning away from Egypt, walking the opposite direction of Egypt. And then they come to the Red Sea, and God parts the waters, miraculously parts the waters. The Bible says it was like a wall on either side of them, and they went through the water onto the other side. And so on their journey to the promised land, it took repentance in leaving Egypt, and then it took baptism going through the water. And when they got to the other side, the Bible says that the cloud of the Lord would fill the, it would fill the congregation of the people. And that was the Spirit of God. And so they repented by coming out of Egypt. They were baptized by going through the water, and they were filled with His Spirit through the cloud. And you may think that uh, I'm reading too much into this or just making this stuff up, but Paul confirms this in his writings when he says, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians somewhere, uh, Paul says that, um, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on that, but Paul writes and says that the Israelites were baptized unto Moses in the wilderness. And then the next verse, he says, they were baptized in the cloud and they were baptized in the sea. And so I, it, I'm not reading anything into this or trying to put something there that's not there. The Apostle Paul said that even in the Old Testament, in order to come out of Egypt, in order to go to the Promised Land, they had to go through the water and into the Spirit. There was two baptisms, to be baptized in the sea, which was water, and in the cloud, which was the Spirit. And so today we are baptized by water on our way out. 
and, 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 uh, and into the Spirit. And so baptism is so, so, so vital and important. And it wasn't just in that instance, but there was, uh, you, you see baptism in Elijah's story. You see baptism in the tabernacle. You see, you see baptism in so many different stories of the Old Testament because God was setting this thing up. God had a plan all along. God wasn't worrying or stressing, trying to figure out how he was going to fix this, this uh, broken world. He had a plan all along, and he was setting things up. He was putting things into motion. He had it all planned out, and baptism was most definitely a part of the plan, and it still is a part of the plan. I'm thankful that I have had the opportunity to have all of my sins washed away in, in, in baptism in his name. This is the last part of baptism that I want to talk about because this is one of the most important parts because you can be baptized the wrong way. I'm going to say that again. You can be baptized the wrong way. And if if you're listening and you're Pentecostal, you're apostolic, you understand immediately what I'm saying. But if you're not, let me explain what I mean. Your baptism is only as good as the name that was used. Your baptism is only as good as the name that is used. Let me tell you why. Because Jesus is the only saving name. There is no other name that saves you. He alone is the Savior, and besides him there is none. Remember, Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said, I am the door, and anybody who tries to enter in any other way, the same as a thief and a robber. The name of Jesus is the only way to be saved. It is the only saving name. Acts 4 and 12 confirms this. The Bible says that there is salvation in no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The only salvation is found in the name of Jesus Christ. So when we get baptized, it is important that we are baptized in his name, that we are baptized in Jesus' name. Because whenever we go down into the water, the water has nothing to do with taking away your sins. It's not magical water. It's not mystical water. It's not, there's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing in the water. I know the old song says that there was something in the water. No, there was nothing in the water. It had nothing to do with the water. It doesn't matter if it's in a bathtub, in a baptismal tank, in a river, in a lake, or in a pond. It, it, it's not the water. It's the name of Jesus Christ. It is the name that is applied. Paul writes and says that we are baptized into Christ writes another place how we take on the name of Jesus Christ. And when you read the New Testament, when they baptized people, they baptized them unanimously in the name of Jesus Christ, either in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or in the name of the Lord. It was always in the name of Jesus Christ, okay? Acts chapter 2, Acts 8, 9, 10, uh, 16, 18, 19, 22, it all happens in the name of Jesus Christ every time. In fact, you will never find, ever, it's not in there, you will never find in the entire Bible where anybody was ever baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It never, ever happened 
in the Bible, ever. And so if you have been baptized and it was in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is invalid. It is unbiblical. There is no biblical backing for that. But Jesus is the only saving name. Every baptism in the New Testament was done in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? And even history testifies to this. A quick Google search, if you would get on Google, on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop, whatever you may have, if you would search, when was the baptismal formula changed on Google or, or whatever uh, search engine you choose, search that phrase, when was the baptismal formula changed? The answer will be this, that it was changed in the second century by the Catholic Church from being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So 200 years after Jesus Christ, they were baptizing only in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the form of baptism. But for some reason, the Catholic Church thought it would be a good idea to change it from Jesus' name to another name. When Jesus said that my name is the only name that saves, but 200 years later, the Catholic Church says that apparently there's other names that can save you as well. It is a fallacy. It's false doctrine. There is no other name that can save you except for the name of Jesus Christ. That history testifies that. You can Google that. It was changed. It says it in multiple encyclopedias. It says it in the Catholic Encyclopedia, the Britannica and other major encyclopedias, history is documented that the formula was changed in the second century. The next question that I wanted to answer was, does it really matter? But before I do that, let me explain Matthew 28 and 19, because um, that is is the only scripture in the entire um, New Testament that says anything about baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit. Jesus says it in Matthew 28, 19. He says, Go therefore make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I will point out that the Great Commission was recorded by, I believe, all four Gospels, maybe three, but I believe it's all four. And in Matthew, that is the only place where um, the writer chose to put the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Mark didn't put it in there. Luke didn't put it in there. And if John wrote about it, John didn't put it in there. It was only in Matthew 28 and 19. And obviously that it's four different perspectives of the same story because the story of Jesus Christ was much too important just to be left in the hands of one man. But but four different men wrote about the life of Jesus Christ and what Jesus said And only one of them said that he said, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And that's okay because it's still explainable. You cannot cannot take that scripture and and preach or believe that you must be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You can't. It is impossible because in the book of Acts, every baptism was done in the name of Jesus Christ by the disciples, the ones that Jesus was speaking to in Matthew 28 and 19. When he said, go therefore, teaching, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, he was talking to the disciples. They were all there 
And then whenever they leave Jesus and they carry out his, his, his commandment and fulfill his will, they baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. And so there's only two options. Either modern-day Christianity has it wrong, or Paul, Peter, Matthew, James, and John, they had it wrong. There is no way that every one of the disciples got it wrong. We are mistranslating what Jesus was trying to say because the people he was talking to knew good and well who Jesus was. When Jesus spoke to the disciples, he wasn't speaking to people that did not know him. They knew that Jesus was God the Father robed in flesh. They knew that Jesus was the the same person as the Holy Ghost, that it was the Spirit wrapped up in a fleshly body. They knew that. In fact, in John chapter 14, and this isn't in my notes, I'm, I'm just going to say it to try to clarify Matthew 28, 19. Um, the, one of the disciples comes to Jesus in, in John chapter 14, I believe it's Philip, and he says, Jesus, can you show us the Father? Jesus responds, Philip, have you not been with me uh, so long and you don't even know me? Philip, you've walked with me how long and you still don't know me? You say, show me the Father, but when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus said, when Philip asked to see the Father, Jesus said, Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. All the disciples heard that. All the disciples heard Jesus say that you're looking at him. If you want to see the Father, look no further than me. I, and then he says in John 10 and 30, I and my Father are one. In John 5 and 43, Jesus says, I come in my Father's name. (laughs) What name did he come in? He came in the name of Jesus Christ. He came in no other name. And so when Jesus says, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. They recognized it immediately. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. And so they left, and they went to the upper room. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They left, and they left the upper room and went into Jerusalem, and they started baptizing people in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, because they understood what Jesus was trying to say. Amen? I get excited. I need to calm down. I get excited when I talk about this topic. And if I was to write you a check for a lot of money, I, I, I'm, I'm broke as a joke and you ain't going to get nothing out of my check. You may be able to buy a few pizzas. But <laughs> um, if I was to write you a check for a lot of money and I was to sign it father or son or brother or uncle or nephew or cousin or pastor, it would not be valid. That signature would not be valid and the check would be worth nothing. That You would not be able to get any money out of that check because even though I am a father, I am a son, I am a brother, I am a, I am a husband, I am all of those things, those are just different relationships that I have with people. But my name is James. And if I don't sign my name onto that check, the check is not good. So whenever you go to cash your check, whenever you go to uh, cash in salvation, you better have the name of Jesus applied on your life. 
right? So when you get baptized, you don't do it in the different relationships that God has with humanity. You do it in his name. You better let Jesus sign his name on your life because if he doesn't, your life is still worth nothing, right? If Jesus doesn't sign his name on my life, I am worth nothing. I am lost. I am miserable. I don't know where I am going. I am dying in sin. But when Jesus signs his name on that check, I am worth something. And so it's important that we be baptized. Does it really matter? Yes, it does. Jesus is the only saving name. If you're listening and you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I encourage you, find a church that does that and be baptized in his name. Be re-baptized. Acts 19, this is where I close. Acts chapter 19, Paul has a conversation with some people and asks them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we, don't, we haven't heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. And Paul says, well, how were you baptized? And they said, under John's baptism. And Paul says, well, John baptized this way, but since Jesus has died, rose again, went up into heaven, and the Holy Ghost has fallen, there's a new way. You've got to be rebaptized. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 19 that they were all rebaptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every one of them, that had already been baptized prior. But Paul said it wasn't the right way. You don't have the name of Jesus on your life, and they were rebaptized. And so if you are listening, and you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, and you were baptized in the titles Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, I am sorry, but that is invalid, and Jesus' name is not on the check. And I encourage you, find somebody to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, and just watch what God does with your life. Just watch what Jesus does in you. I'm so thankful to be baptized in the name of Jesus, to, to have his name written on my life. Thank you for joining us today. I hope I answered your questions. Do I need to be baptized to be saved? Don't take my word for it. Take Jesus's word for it. Take Peter's word for it. Paul's word for it. They all said you did, right? I don't care what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what any preacher pastor says. Jesus says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And that's what I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe in God. I'm going to be baptized in the sea and in the cloud. Just like Paul wrote, I'm going to be baptized in the water and in his spirit. Thank you for joining us today. Hope to see you next week or um, hope to spend some more time with you. Thank you for liking, rating, and subscribing. May God bless you. Thank you for listening. I encourage you to subscribe and leave a rating. Hope to see you again next week.